In this episode of My Cat's Tale, Gus, Echo, and Tycho. I spotted Gus and looked at him and he just jumped in my lap and said, you're going to take me home. And I did. At least once or twice a day, they play chase around the house and have a good wrestling match. Echo is a kitten. Gus would just hold her down and groom her and she had to just learn to put up with it. Joining me now on My Cat's Tale, probably the name that is the most useful to a podcast about cats, Cat Volk joins me. Thanks very much for having me. Okay, so it's cat with a K, but was that just coincidence or you've decided cats are so brilliant I'm going to join them? Um, it's just coincidence. It's actually my full name is Catherine, um, but I rode horses growing up and my riding instructor got tired of saying my full name every time. So she shortened it. And then it just stuck when I was five or six. Would it be one of those horse riders if you heard Catherine, you'd know that you were really in trouble because they went for the full name? Yeah, I was often in trouble. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right. So obviously this is a podcast talking about cats. I just love your, your work and what you do and what you're working on because it's things that are far, far 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 away from us yes although i chose the more nearby things by astronomy standards well yes but kuiper belt is still a long long way away yes it is but can tell us so much um about everything and how everything's built but what it can't explain is why cats have that strange small ear behind their big ear Tell us about your cats then. So right now I have two cats, Gus and Echo. Um, Gus is about probably eight years old and Echo is about three years old, although she still is very kitten-like. Um, a boy and a girl, Echo's the girl. They are just such fun cats to have and they've really uh, been extremely good cuddly companions um, and they have a very hefty Twitter following because they are just too cute not to share with the world. How much does having a Twitter account change your relationship to your cats? It definitely makes me take way more uh, photos and videos of them than I probably would otherwise. At least I hope it's uh, more than I would otherwise. I have thousands of photos of them trying to get the right photo to share for Twitter. <laughs> um, and of course, they've no idea about everything that's going on. It's just like, yeah, you're there again, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, Gus will sometimes take a swat at the phone saying, you know, no, I don't want the paparazzi right now. <laughs> oh, how, how delightful. Uh, a cat that doesn't want to be on Twitter. Love it. Um, so Gus is the older cat. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I've had him since he was about probably two. Um, I mean, he was full grown when I got him, so I don't know exactly how old he is. Um, I have a better sense for Echo because she was still a kitten when I adopted her. Okay, so both adopted then? Yep, both adopted. So, Gus there, you're not quite sure how old he was when he adopted him. We, we have a cat here called Charlie. Charlie is, you'll see her on our Instagram as well, but it's like that as well. We kind of have to do a best guess because yeah. the, the, the background and history is a little bit clouded. Is it the same with Gus? Yeah, so the uh, place I adopted him from thought he was maybe three when I adopted him, but the vet thinks that was a little bit of an overestimate um, because his teeth were still like perfect when I got him, uh, almost no tartar. And he did gain about a pound or two 
Uh, he was about eight pounds when I got him and he's 11 pounds now and he's not overweight. So he was still growing a little bit. So the vet thinks maybe he was more like a year and a half or a little less than two years old when I got him. So is that similar to Echo then when Echo came along? Um, so Echo was a couple months old when I got her. Um, so she was born in the spring of 2019 um, and I adopted her in about August of 2019. So, so she, she still had a lot of growing to do when I got her. Not tiny, <laughs> tiny, not, no. but, but you know, uh, a, still a small kitten. Not not the tiniest of kittens, but... And she's retained much of the kitten-like qualities. <laughs> yes, including some of them that I wish she would grow out of, like chewing on everything in sight. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't yes. realize I got a puppy. <laughs> oh, dogs. No, no, it's a cat podcast. We don't do dogs on here. no, no. <laughs> Yeah, well, tell that to Echo, so maybe she'll stop chewing on everything. Well, why do you think that is then? I don't know. So she had some dental problems as a kitten. Um, so I have a track record of choosing cats that have weird health problems, as it turns out. Um, they're great personality-wise, but they always have something weird. Um, so Echo's weirdness was that she did not lose one of her baby fangs in her upper mouth, um, so the little two fangs that show up when they open their mouth, the one of the baby ones didn't fall out and it caused the adult tooth to grow in completely sideways. So before she was a year old, so she's maybe nine or 10 months old, they had to do dental surgery on her to remove both teeth. Oh, both uh, can't do braces yeah. on a cat. So there's oh, no yes. way to fix the adult tooth. So they just took it out too. So she's one fanged on top. Um, but so I, I don't know if that caused her to learn to chew on things and then she just never stopped. You know, dental discomfort made her want to chew more. But there, there are teeth marks on almost all of my possessions. <laughs> and what about Gus then? Uh, so Gus just has, uh, he, he hasn't had any dental problems, but within the first, uh, I think, seven days of him living with me, he managed to scratch his eye and we had to go to the vet and, you know, get his and everything to fix that and he's got bad allergies which is probably what happened um so he has every spring he gets really bad allergies to something that blooms a tree or something probably in tucson uh and two years in a row he scratched so hard he uh lacerated his face and had to go in the you know cone of shame for a week or two to heal oh, just just from before. the scratching oh yeah because like his sinus so and then we finally figured it out um, and he's on Zyrtec now, which has helped him a lot. And he's on actually a dog allergy medication now. Um, uh, we just put him on that this year and it's working great. It's called Apoquel. You're desperate um, to get the dogs waiting. in here, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, apparently. But, you know, we, it came out a couple years yeah. ago and the vet was just waiting for safety studies in cats. So when we put him on it, the vet's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's safe. Don't know if it's going to work in cats. The stu studies are too early, but it's worked really well with Gus. So are you feeding back? So he had his best allergy yeah. season ever this oh, spring. Oh, great. So was there a cone this year? No or... vet visits. Oh, excellent. And does do you and the vet are going to feed back the data from that as well to the studies? Is is he part of the larger study on that? Um, I don't think so. I don't think he's part of any official. Um, I don't know if there's a way to get Gus enrolled, but I suppose um, next time my vet goes to a conference, he can at least offer up anecdotal evidence. So it's far enough down in the testing that it's it's widely accepted, but they'll just keep a little eye on things in case there's any feedback. Yeah. Ah, 
lovely. And and Gus must enjoy it as well, not having to scratch his eye. I've had uh, hay fever like that. It's just like Yeah, no, I, I have bad allergies and I, you know, felt so it's a very expensive medication. It's uh, it's like a dollar fifty a day or something to keep him on it, but it is so worth it if it makes him not itchy. So will will that just be like a seasonal medication for him then? We're still debating whether to take him off it um, for the fall and see if he goes back to being itchy. So I think we'll wait and see um, because there aren't long-term studies either for the safety. It's a little bit of a toss up whether we should just leave him on it all the time when it's a relatively yeah. new drug, or if we should try to take him off it for the fall when he doesn't tend to be as itchy. But you know, if I take him off of it and then he gets really itchy again, we'll just put him back on it because um, it has really improved his quality of life, especially this spring. So is that a medication that goes in with his food and the two of them have to be like kept separate for the food? Medicating one um, cat when there's two is always fun. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a pill and he he's an angel about taking his oh, pills. Um, I don't know if you've seen those Inaba Churu tube treats. They're like Gogurt for cats. Yeah. So I just put a little bit of that on my finger and he gets his Zyrtec and his Apoquil at the same time and just pop it in his mouth and he just swallows it. Uh, he's for being cats with medical issues. They are both extremely good about being medicated because uh, Echo also has to get vitamin shots because she has an inflammatory bowel disease. Oh, so, you're racking, she's you're, an you're angel right. about that. You, you are racking them up, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Yes. They're not low maintenance cats, but thankfully they're both really good about all of the treatments I have to give them. So, uh, and they are both on mutually exclusive diets. They've got those microchip feeders that keep their food separate from each other so that each cat can only open their own feeder. I've always, I've always looked at them and wondered, you know, would the cat, because uh, Yami, our cat here, would probably just, he's already banged through at least one cat flop when we said, no, you're not getting outside for a bit. And I always look at those cat feeders and go, would our cat, would it be strong enough? Yeah, I was worried about that with Gus. Gus is kind of a wuss. Uh, he gets scared very easily at lots of things. Um, and he he took to the chip feeder right away. So, you know, it, it makes a small noise and it opens when they approach. Yep. So I was a little worried he'd get scared by that, but he figured it out. So if Gus could figure it out, I think almost any cat could. How do they get on with each other then? Because so so Echo would have to be introduced to Gus. Yeah, yeah. And so that is why Echo was adopted as a kitten. I generally prefer to adopt adult cats because kittens are so cute and so adorable, but they are also way too much trouble. Um, so I, I have in the past always adopted adult cats, but uh, Gus is fairly territorial. So when, uh, when Tycho passed away and it became clear that Gus needed a new companion, I went out and looked for a girl kitten because I thought that would be the least threatening to Gus. Um, and then you know, I brought her home and it was very slow introductions. And of course, Echo also had um, ringworm when I adopted her. Because uh, I, I went to one of those you know, pet stores that has the in-store adoption. And there was just this really sad, really sweet girl kitten with you know, her face was all messed up. She had ear mites. And so I just, I couldn't leave her behind even though she was a mess. It's like, well, you know, the people running this are not taking adequate care of her. And she just purred so sweetly when I picked her up. So, you know, I took her and she, you know, immediately racked up like seven or $800 in vet bills to uh, clear up all the ringworm and the ear infection, not to mention the later dental surgery. Um, so she, she had to stay pretty separated for, um, from Gus for a couple of weeks before the ringworm could clear up because it's pretty contagious. 
So she actually lived in my office here for a couple of weeks. So that, that gave Gus some time to get used to the smell of her and the idea that there was another cat in the house. And then just did very slow introductions, you know, take Echo out in the carrier and let Gus see her, but let them, you know, just nose each other through a gate. Because uh, he was pretty skeptical. Um, but eventually he really warmed up to her. Um, although we did have to take some... Uh, uh, Prozac to help because Gus was just so nervous about it. You could tell that he wanted to accept the new friend, but he just kept, you know, freaking out and hissing. So the vet prescribed him uh, Prozac just to kind of even him out for a month or two so that his brain chemistry could let him give her a chance. And then they just became really good friends after that. And then, you know, he was able to go off the medication. He just needed a little bit of chemical help to get over his anxiety about the new cat. And, and they've been really good buddies. And you mentioned Tycho there as well, who was your previous cat. Yes. Um, so Tycho was my cat who I adopted at the very beginning of grad school uh, when I first moved to Tucson. Uh, he was about five years old when I adopted him. Another one of these, you know, not really sure how old he was. Um, but I think five was probably about right because his teeth were a mess um, when I got him. But he was the uh, quote-unquote senior cat at the shelter and who was on a heavily discounted adoption fee because, of course, everybody wants to adopt the kittens. Uh, so I think I paid $20 for him was the total of the adoption fee. Um, and he had not been neutered yet. His previous owner had passed away. Um, so, you know, they, they neutered him and sent him home with me. And he was just kind of a mess for a couple months, just really nervous. He had clearly been extremely nervous at the shelter because he was very shy. Uh, you know, he'd been through this trauma of his owner passing away and like neighbors who had like a dog and kids or something had taken him in for a couple weeks and then decided like he was not happy there. Um, so it took him months to really kind of come out of his shell once I adopted him. Um, but he, he was an absolutely fantastic cat and he had a nice long life. Uh, he passed away in the summer of 2019 from lymphoma, um, which obviously was devastating. But at the same time, he was, you know, probably 18 or 19 years old. So, you know, that he had a really nice long life and I got a good uh, 12 or 13 years with him, which was amazing. And then part of the way through that, Gus comes along as well. So was, was yeah. there a decision that Tycho needed a companion? Yeah, so he had um, had some friends over the years with uh, people I was living with, um, and he just, we, we had moved to a new place, and there were some feral cats who hung out in my backyard who I, I fed, um, and he was just looking so longingly at these feral cats, you know, when you'd think a male cat who was neutered late in life would think, oh, these are invading my territory, but he would just stare at them going like, would you be my friend? So that's when I knew I needed to get him um, a new companion. So that's when I went out um, and I went to a shelter in town that has all of their healthy cats in what they call general population. So it's a house they've converted into a shelter um, and they do have different areas for cats with different medical needs. But, you know, at one point, I think there were like 80 cats just wandering half of the house together in this big open shelter. Um, so I went there looking for a friend for Tycho, um, and I wanted to get a short-haired cat because Tycho had long hair and was very difficult to keep uh, groomed and everything. So I was like, okay, I need a lower-maintenance coat. And I spotted Gus, 
Um, and I just sat down and kind of patted my lap and looked at him and he just jumped in my lap and said, you're going to take me home. So, and I did. That is and a good, good, smooth introduction there as well. Oh yeah. Um, Gus did well because Gus was coming into Tycho's home. So Gus didn't have an excuse to be territorial and Tycho yeah. just loved everybody. So, yeah, I think I brought Gus home and he spent one night in the spare bedroom. Um, so, and then we did like a door crack introduction and then I just let them loose and they were fine. And then it was clear they were going to be fine together. I mean, they were not best buddies uh, right away, but they were clearly non-aggressive and Taika was very interested. Um, and they never did get to the point of like snuggling together. They would sit together on my lap, but they wouldn't snuggle together without me there. But they played nicely together. They loved to have their WrestleMania. Um, they shared toys. They were good buddies, not snuggly buddies like Gus and Echo are, but they were good buddies. Why do you think Gus and Echo went snuggly and, and not Tycho and Gus? Um, I think it's mostly down to Tycho. Tycho did not really care to snuggle um, with other cats, and he had never done that with his previous friends either. And the other thing he didn't like is Gus always wanted to groom him. And Taiko didn't like being groomed, um, especially not his ears. So I think that, you know, anytime Gus would try to sit down near Taiko, Taiko would say, oh, there's a risk of grooming happening. I'll go somewhere else. Whereas Echo is a kitten. Yeah. So, you know, she accepted. Gus would just hold her down and groom her and he'll give her ears a nice deep cleaning. And, you know, because she was a kitten when she came in, she had to just learn to put up with it. And do you think that's then why Echo is still keeping the kitten like qualities? Because she's just. Gus is here. Gus will do all that for me. Da, da, da. I'm pampered. Yeah, it might be. Um, she definitely looks up to him, you know, as a big brother and she loves him so much. Um, and that's actually good because he took a little bit of help to get used to her, her persistence and saying, you know, you will love me. <laughs> we always talk in, in cat circles about how long it takes after a, a cat's gone over the bridge to when is the right time to get another cat? But I suppose the, the other consideration here is when would have been the right time for Gus to have another cat? Because Gus would have been alone at that point as well. Yeah. Um, and when Tycho passed, I had also, um, he passed right before I was moving from an apartment to my current house. So poor Gus had a lot of changes to deal with, um, kind of all within a couple week period. Um, so Tycho passed in early July and then we moved. And, you know, I, only ended up waiting a couple weeks, maybe a month or so before finding Echo, uh, because I was kind of watching Gus. And once he settled into the new house, I was watching him, and, you know, as I was working and he would just stay put in one spot for like 10 or 12 hours, just not doing anything. Um, so just a little bit lethargic and lazy. And I think part of that is just Gus's natural tendency to be a little lazy. Uh, I hadn't realized quite how much maybe the 19-year-old cat had been keeping the then five or six-year-old cat active, but apparently that was the case. But also, I think, you know, he, he was lonely. Um, so that's when I decided to go out um, and find, you know, a kitten companion for him. You know, I myself was maybe not quite ready. I was still definitely very sad and missing Tycho, but I could tell that Gus was going to need a friend. Um, and then, of course, I just fell in love with Echo. Yeah, so basically, Gus was in his own way saying, no, it's it's time now. Yeah, yeah. He, he needs a friend, as it turns out. He doesn't really do well by himself. 
he really likes attention and he likes snuggling with me, but he, he needs someone to play with. He is not active enough by himself. And I take it from that, that the two of them are active, they're, they're grooming quite snuggly with each other as well. Yeah, yeah, they do a lot of napping together. Um, they do WrestleMania, which is something that uh, Tycho taught Gus. Uh, Tycho loved wrestling, uh, and it took a while to train Gus how to wrestle properly. Gus wasn't really sure why he was just getting tackled occasionally in a friendly manner. <laughs> but then, you know, he figured it out, and they just loved, you know, they would just do zoomies around the house, and then a little wrestling bout, and then more zoomies. So uh, Gus has now passed that on to Echo, so, you know, at least once or twice a day, they play chase around the house and have a good wrestling match. Uh, and this nice, I mean, do they get outdoors as well? Are they outdoors, indoors cats? Um, They're indoors only. Um, I'll sometimes take them out on leashes and harnesses into the backyard just to kind of smell things. Gus loves to roll around on like the cement patio. Um, eventually I would love to build a catio, you know, a nice enclosed thing outside for them to hang out in. Um, but you know, I'm a renter, so it's a little bit harder to do that when you rent. Um, and also it's not cheap. Maybe if they could go a year or two without emergency vet bills, (laughs) I could save up enough money for that. Uh, I had a small catio at my last place that I was able to build. Um, but it's, there aren't enough walls here. It would be a more involved project. Um, so I'd like to do that eventually. So they do like the fresh air and getting outside, but there are way too many dangers here in Tucson. We have a lot of coyotes. Um, it's also you know very hot in the summer. So I, I would not feel comfortable with them being outside without a coyote proof enclosure. Maybe hopefully someday I can get a nice catio with a cat flap that they could come in and out as they wanted into a nice safe enclosure. But uh, yeah, we, we got to go. Last year, Echo had an emergency vet visit. The year before, it was Gus. So if we could spend, you know, a couple of years not having a couple thousand dollars of emergency vet bills, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think I could save for a catio. <laughs> well, it's on their own, it's their own fault then. If they would just be sensible, <laughs> stay indoors, we'll build something so they can go outdoors. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily they have a really nice sunroom. Um, the back of my house has... Uh, almost full wall windows on two corners. So they get lots of sunlight in that room and there's lots of bunnies and birds and things to watch in the backyard. So they get a little bit of the outdoorsy experience even from the sunroom. Well, it sounds like they have a lovely life. It sounds, you know, Tycho certainly had a lovely life and it's been passed on. Uh, Cat, they sound wonderful. Oh, they are the best kitties in the world. Um, I wouldn't trade them for anything, even with all the health issues they have. Um, they are just so sweet. And especially, you know, been working from home the last couple of years. It has just been so nice to have them. Have them around. And it's been so nice to have you come onto the show and tell us about Gus and Echo and Tycho as well. So, Kat, once again, thank you very much for joining us here on My Cat's Tale. Well, thank you so much again for having me. You've been listening to My Cat's Tale, a Spence Media production. Listen to more tales of our perfect pets at mycatstalepod.com and support us on Patreon. Mm-hmm.